We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 19, the Hail Yeah episode. <laughs> I'm your host, Randy Luna. And I'm Corey Taylor. And we are, we, we got a lot to talk about today. Lots of hail. Uh, wow, these storms that just dropped hail everywhere. Massive, massive hail producers, and especially uh, along T Highway and Forsyth. A lot of broken windows over there. We uh, we've got a lot of pictures. Uh, you all have sent us on our Facebook page, and we love those. Those are, are I mean, love the pictures. We're, we're we we don't love the damage. We we love getting the pictures. We got more pictures this week than we ever have, and they were great. I mean, when you get hail that big, you got to show it off. Oh yeah, I think our our friends Melissa and Jason in Forsyth were talking baseball size mm-hmm. hail. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got what did we get some reports of a tennis ball on T Highway or something? We had anywhere between uh, ping pong, golf ball, all the way up to baseball. That's pretty, pretty crazy. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fortunately, there weren't any tornadoes out of this no. thing, uh, but the atmosphere wasn't really set up for for tornadoes. Uh, yeah. Tons of moisture in the air. Uh, you know, this past week it's just been hot. We had that heat wave, plus the August like weather made uh, for a very juicy atmosphere and we just happened to have a boundary that was stalled right in the middle of the uh, long i-44 basically and it was wafting back and forth and all that moisture was just condensing Uh, strong updrafting from a strong system shoved all that moisture way up in the sky and when you get moisture in the sky below the freezing level it starts to freeze and that's bad. The first hail report we got was around Reinhardt Road in Branson, right off of Bee Creek. They were reporting quarter size, and and further east it got, the hail seemed to get bigger. Marion Woods uh-huh. was next in line. They had close to tennis ball sized hail wow. all the way all the way over to Forsyth. So wow, that's that's just incredible. I mean, do we get any wind reports? I mean, the National Weather Service, you know, when they issue severe, they always say winds to sixty and, mm-hmm. and large hail, but I. Didn't see a lot of wind reports out of this thing. I didn't see any. I was up on the roof at the hospital taking pictures, and I didn't get blown away. So. Oh, and that that panoramic that you did, yeah, incredible. Wasn't that neat? Wow, I think you got close to six hundred shares. That was that right thing. as the hail was starting, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Boy, that that seems like it. And we've been getting a lot of good uh, time lapses. Uh, oh yeah, you know, amazing. We are the time lapse kings. Over you here. are. Well, yeah, I am. I mean, fortunately, like we said before, I, I can aim right to the to the north and been really lucky that these systems have been coming from odd directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, they come from the, the south or southwest or even west. But, uh, you know, that one two weeks ago that came from the from the northeast, that was just crazy. Yeah. But uh, we're going to keep uh, I'm going to keep 
doing that. And also I want to promote, we have a YouTube channel, uh, Stormed Our Weather. Just search for Stormed Our Weather on YouTube. And all of our time-lapse videos have been uploaded to that site. So if you want to go back and watch some really, really interesting cloud pictures uh, in time-lapse, that is the place to go. Cool. Yeah, well, it cooled off a little bit. I am not complaining. Not at all. Boy, that cold front came through and really kicked out, uh, you know, robbed the moisture and dropped it as hail. And now we had a couple of days of cool, cool. Uh, I stepped outside on my way to work this morning. I thought, wow, it almost feels cool out here. It was right around 60 degrees, but felt cooler. There's noticeably no humidity in the air. Yeah. So I thought, man, this is going to be a great day. Well, this is where we're supposed to be this time of year. For yeah. The 1st of June, you know, the average high is around 80 degrees, and uh, we're not supposed to get muggy until July and August. But uh, Well, we, we did skip spring, I do believe, this year. So We did, you know, and, and uh, it was funny because we, uh, or at least Springfield, came in at the sixth coldest ever April. Yeah, remember all that, all those uh, winter weather advisories we had? There, yeah. You know? On Easter weekend, first of April, we were having them, so it was cold. Yeah, and and we were going for the for the number one, except those last few days warmed up. Yeah, it just we skipped spring. We went into very late winter into early summer. Mm -hmm. I mean, bam, like that. And uh, yeah, and so those last few days of the really above normal temperatures knocked us back down to uh, six. But places like I think Rolla, West Plains. Uh, Lebanon, they came in at uh, the coldest April. Wow. And on the flip side of that, <laughs> the warmest May. <laughs> One extreme to the other. <laughs> in the matter of a few days. I mean, what's up with this weather? This is crazy. We had no uh, threat of snow this May, did we, at all? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> no, the 4th. <laughs> was was that the 3rd or the 4th when that happened a few years yeah, ago? A few years ago. I think 2013 was when that happened. Somewhere yeah, yeah. There. And this is 80. Yeah, three years ago. And now we had 90... Uh, almost 90 degrees yeah. on the 1st of May. Yeah. Well, that that goes to show you, you can't uh, bank on anything in the Ozarks. No. You want to, They say, what does they say? Uh, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes or something. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. And all, the, all, and all the rain we've had were all from these pop-up storms that we usually get, you know, in July and August. And so we had all these pop-up storms. No real actual rain storms besides those little pop-ups so not everybody got rain when when other people did oh yeah you you got some what two and a half miles mm -hmm. away or whatever right. and i hardly got anything over at my house and there were times when you got it and i didn't so yeah yeah and that oh that storm was it yesterday or no it was not when yesterday it was nice yesterday the the, the last one two two or three days ago mm -hmm. just barely missed me i was looking yep. on radar and you could you know, I zoomed in as close as I could, and I couldn't even put my finger on the radar of how close it was. And we got some pretty nasty uh, thunder over here. I got about 30 seconds of sprinkles at my house, and that was about <laughs> it. What about, what, 70, 80 uh, drops, maybe? Mm, I wouldn't. That's that's too much. <laughs> that, that, that's even they too much. They were big there. drops, and they were widespread. So. Oh, that's what I've heard people saying, too. I mean, the, the these things are producing huge raindrops. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I love that smell, that smell after it's been hot and the rain comes down and my grandson is going to kill me for not remembering this because he told me this. Do you remember that word? I, I'll have to look it up during the weather school, but oh, 
I can't remember that word. I think it starts with a C. Anyway, so Logan, I'm sorry. We we I'll figure that one out. <laughs> well, I I did take a look at the uh, Climate Prediction Center's outlook for uh, the rest of the year. What are they saying? Rest of the year? Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do you know the longer uh, climatological yeah. uh, estimations or whatever. And through October, uh, for Missouri, they've They've kept equal chances in temperature and equal chances in precipitation. So that tells me it's pretty much going to be an average. Mm -hmm. uh, now, this is from them. I mean, I need to do some more research on it. But in Arkansas through October, uh, they're supposed to have slightly above temperatures and equal chances of precipitation. So no uh, flooding. I don't see any flooding in our future. Mm, not according to them. No. Yeah, and and this is very general. We need to say these these are very general. Basically, outlooks. there's no big indicators that something big is going to happen. Right, right. And the uh, uh, October through December, uh, they are saying that Missouri and Arkansas are are above, mm. not not slightly above, but above. Interesting. So, uh, so this may what this means is there's like a forty five. Uh, to 60% chance that we will experience above normal temperatures at that. Mm -hmm. uh, slight, slightly above indicates maybe like a 25 to, to 40, somewhere around in there. But uh, again, the precipitation outlook seems to, they say it's equal chances still. Well, good. Yeah, we, now we'll check that. Now they changed this. We need to let everybody know this isn't, this isn't set in stone and they're going to stick to it. This will change based on, on the climate. Uh, well, all, I'm just glad right now that they're not saying uh, below average precipitation because that's what we had last year mm -hmm. into the summer and into the fall, into the winter. Uh, yeah. And we were in a drought. And it'd be great if we couldn't, we would not make that happen again. And make, maybe we have some color in the trees for, for autumn this year. Maybe keep them a little more moist. It's been a few years since we've had nice it's color. It's been a long time. It's been, I took some good pictures, but it's been about five or six years ago. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I remember one picture you sent. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think I used we used that for a oh, yeah. cover on something. We did. But beautiful. We did. You're the photographer. I'm the time lapse guy. You're you're the video and the photography and the, I would be know. a time lapse guy if I could see the sky from my house. I live in the trees. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I did take a time lapse of me floating in my pool, but that's about all I could get. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I, I couldn't stare at that very long. <laughs> and something uh, right before we, we uh started recording this, I looked at the GFS. You know, I'm always looking at the GFS and the global models just to see if there's anything on the horizon we need to keep our eye on. And nothing around our area. But I did notice about the the 5th or the 6th of June, which is tomorrow or the next day, the GFS is wanting to bring a uh, tropical system up towards the Baja of California. Now, this is in the Pacific. This is not in the Atlantic. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So I uh, changed the regional to, to the regional view down there to Mexico, the south uh, southwest of Mexico, right along that, that region. And sure enough, uh, the GFS was saying uh, a storm, tropical storm was developing southwest of Mexico around the... Uh, what the coordinates about 15 north and about 115 west mm -hmm. and that thing was just gonna i mean not big but there but a, but a closed system and that thing was going up towards the baja of california and since i switched the 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 regional view i could see the whole area and after that around the 14th the gfs said a major hurricane was going to 
develop southwest with a central minimum pressure estimation of 929. That's very interesting. Yeah, I know. I thought it was too. So I thought, okay. And, you know, anytime we do long range, you always cross reference all the models. So I went to the Canadian model, I went to the Nav Gym. This is another another American numeric. I uh, went to the European, and they all said the same thing. And I thought, wow. Okay, now that's something when they all say the same thing. You don't really hear of a lot of major hurricanes over there on th- in that part of the world. Yeah. They, they usually go, um, well, when they develop because of the winds, they usually they go, go out. Yeah, yeah, and towards Hawaii. I don't know. Boy, why didn't need any anything else going on right now? <laughs> it could put out all that hot lava, that's for sure. Well, or would it? I don't know, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. So we'll put that. I mean, it's not going to affect the U.S. at all, but I just found it quite interesting looking at that. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to... They have their own separate set of names over there in that part. I mean, out for the different between the Atlantic and the Pacific. So you know, yeah, they won't take the B name, whatever that's... I forget what it's going to be, but... I'll just say Baja. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Now, now rarely we'll have uh, like a weak system develop close to the Mexican border. And it may, according to the wind fields, it may kind of come up towards Mexico and into the southwest United States. But it's definitely, it w- definitely will not be a hurricane at that point. It'll just be a rainmaker. What if you had a hurricane develop mm-hmm. in the Gulf of Mexico or somewhere in the uh, Atlantic? Mm-hmm. It's a good Category 3 hurricane. It crosses Pan- Panama, right okay. there where the Panama Canal is, uh-huh. and goes into the Pacific. Does it change names? You know, I used to know that. Because <laughs> so, I really don't know. I was curious. So there's two things we need to look up. So <laughs> write that down. So during the weather school, let's look that up. Because I'm curious. Because I, I did read that, and I can't remember if it retains its name or because it's in the Pacific if it acquires a new I mean that would be very rare you don't see it happen often at all oh no no yeah ever but but it could yeah I mean especially if it went towards the 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 thin part of Panama Mm -hmm. where it you know because we all know that hurricanes go on land and they start decreasing and falling apart but But it could re-strengthen you know yeah yeah well that's funny you know what you got me interested so why don't we do our weather school now and let's look that up let's do it Uh, today's weather school is all about hail If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. A severe thunderstorm warning has just been issued from a storm that contains baseball-sized hail. Any thunderstorm which produces hail that reaches the ground is known as a hailstorm. Hail has a diameter of about two-tenths of an inch or more. Hailstones can grow to up to six inches and weigh more than a pound. Unlike ice pellets, hailstones are layered and can be irregular and clumped together. Hail is composed of transparent ice or alternating layers of transparent and translucent ice at least one millimeter thick. 
which are deposited upon the hailstone as it travels through the cloud, suspended aloft by air with strong updraft motion, until its weight overcomes the updraft and falls to the ground. Although the diameter of hail is varied, in the United States, the average observation of damaging hail is between 1 and 1 and 3 quarters inches. Stones larger than 3 quarter inch are usually considered enough to cause damage. The National Weather Service issues a severe thunderstorm warning for a storm generating hail 1 inch or greater in diameter. This threshold became effective in January of 2010, which is an increase over the previous threshold of 3 quarter inch hail. Other countries have different thresholds according to local sensitivity to hail. For example, grape growing areas could be adversely impacted by smaller hailstones. Hailstones can be very large or very small depending on how strong the updraft is. Weaker storms produce smaller hailstones than stronger storms such as supercells. Like other precipitation in cumulonimbus clouds, Hail begins as water droplets. As the droplets rise and the temperature goes down below freezing, they become supercooled water and they will freeze on contact with condensation nuclei. A cross-section of a large hailstone shows an onion-like structure. This means the hailstone is made of thick and translucent layers alternating with layers that are thin, white, and opaque. Former theory suggested that hailstones were subjected to multiple descents and ascents, falling into a zone of humidity and refreezing as they were uplifted. This up and down motion was thought to be responsible for the successive layers of the hailstone. But new research, based on theory as well as field study, has shown this to be not necessarily true. The storm's updraft blows the forming hailstone up in the cloud. As the hailstone ascends, it passes into areas of the cloud where the concentration of humidity and supercooled water droplets varies. The hailstone's growth rate changes depending on the variation in humidity and supercooled water droplets that it encounters. The accretion rate of these water droplets is another factor in the hailstone's growth. When the hailstone moves into an area with a high concentration of water droplets, it captures the latter and acquires a translucent layer. Should the hailstone move into an area where mostly water vapor is available, it acquires a layer of opaque white ice. The hailstone will keep rising in the thunderstorm until its mass can no longer be supported by the updraft. This could take at least 30 minutes based on the force of the updrafts in the hail-producing thunderstorm, whose tops are usually greater than 10 kilometers high. Then it falls towards the ground while continuing to grow, based on the same processes, until it leaves the cloud. It will start to melt as it passes through air above freezing temperature. Hail can cause serious damage notably to automobiles, aircraft, skylights, glass-roofed structures, livestock, and most commonly, crops. 
Hail damage to roofs often goes unnoticed until further structural damage is seen, such as leaks or cracks. It is hardest to recognize hail damage on shingled roofs and flat roofs, but all roofs have their own hail damage detection problems. Metal roofs are fairly resistant to hail damage, but they may accumulate cosmetic damage in the form of dents and damage coatings. Hail is one of the most significant thunderstorm hazards to aircraft. When hailstones exceed one half inch in diameter, planes can be seriously damaged within seconds. The hailstones accumulating on the ground can also be hazardous to landing aircraft. Hail is also a common nuisance to drivers of automobiles, severely denting the vehicle and cracking or even shattering windshields and windows. Wheat, corn, soybeans, and tobacco are the most sensitive crops to hail damage. Hail is one of Canada's most expensive hazards. Rarely, massive hailstones have been known to cause concussions or fatal head trauma. Hailstones have been the cause of costly and deadly events throughout history. On somewhat rare occasions, a thunderstorm can become stationary or nearly stationary and produce hail at significant depths. This tends to happen in mountainous regions, such as the July 29, 2010 case of a foot of hail accumulation in Boulder County, Colorado. On June 5, 2015, hail up to four feet deep fell on one city block in Denver, Colorado. These hailstones, described as between the size of bumblebees and ping-pong balls, were accompanied by rain and high winds. The hail fell in only one area, leaving the surrounding area untouched. It fell for one and a half hours between 10 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. A meteorologist for the National Weather Service in Boulder said, It's a very interesting phenomenon. We saw the storm stay, and it produced copious amounts of hail in one small area. It's a meteorological thing. Tractors were used to clear the area, and they filled more than 30 dump truck loads of hail. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And that's all and more you need to know about hail. I feel informed. Yes. Now, you did some research while we were doing that. So I sure did. what'd you find out? Well, a hurricane that crosses from the Atlantic to the Pacific is called a crossover hurricane. Ah, good word. Makes, makes sense. Yeah. And since records uh, began in 1851, there have been a total of 17 tropical cyclones that have crossed wow. over. Wow. Okay. Of course, they weren't named early on. The first named storm was in 1971 when Irene crossed over into the Pacific. And when they do that, they're not considered the same storm system. They get renamed. So they do become a new So thing. Irene turned into Olivia. In 74, Fifi turned into Orlean. And it's, this happened as recent as uh, 2010 and 2016. Uh, in 2012, we had Ernesto. Ernesto uh, weakened 
and then went into Mexico, and the remnants moved into the Pacific and became Tropical Storm Hector. See, I kind of remember that. Ernesto rings a bell in my head. Yeah, and that's another one of the names that's due up again this year is Ernesto. Erne- ah, so really? It's been six years. Mm-hmm. Six? Okay, they're starting to recycle then. Yep. So they were in 17 of them, so very interesting. 17? I wouldn't... That's just a lot. You just don't... I, I, for whatever reason, it doesn't make the news once it dissipates. Even though it re-strengthens later, you don't hear about it because it's way over there and it's out of our out of oh, our yeah. area. And the media, media doesn't cover it if it's not going to exactly hit, up, hit the uh, U.S. mainland. So it's a cool thing. Yeah, because they're going much west, about, right? Yeah, if they develop down there and start going north like Alberto did, then yeah, we'll t- we'll take notice. But well, we'll we'll watch for this year and see if it happens. We'll we'll catch it this time. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I did research. So, Logan, this is for you. The term used for that wonderful smell after, you know, right as the rain starts uh, falling is called petrichor. I should have used that for uh, a weather word of the week, but uh, I won't. The official definition of petrichor is the earthy scent produced when rain falls on dry soil. So... Smells good to me. I love it. It smells great to me. And what I like, uh, not only the smell, sometimes you get the steam coming off if it's really hot. Does it work with a water hose? I think it does. You know, I think it does. I think it does, too. I don't think there's anything special about about the rain on that. water. (laughs) Well, since we we cleared all that up, so now let's get back to hail. And we've got a couple of things we want to talk about. Uh, Some fun facts of hail. Uh, I did some research. And we uh, discovered, uh, we got four fun facts. The, the heaviest hailstone ever recorded was uh, in Bangladesh on April 14th, 1986, coming in at a whopping 2.25 pounds. Can you imagine that hitting you on the head? Uh, I wouldn't remember it if it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or your car, those poor cars. Wow, two and a quarter pounds. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. The largest diameter officially measured of a hailstone is 7.9 inches, and that is in Vivian, South Dakota. That's here in the States. What would you compare that to? 7.9 inches. Would that be a basketball? I don't know. A soccer ball, maybe? Let's see. Yeah. Wow. I think four inches would be like a softball. Where's my tape measure? i got to get that. Yeah, Yeah, but, 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 but diameter... Uh, just the straight, you know, distance across oh, from diameter. That. Wow. Yeah, uh, that yeah, was on say. July twenty third of twenty ten. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the largest circumference. Now, the circumference we mm-hmm. all know is you you start one one end and then go around the whole thing and measure around the whole thing. Uh, that came in at a whopping eighteen point seven four inches, uh, which was seven inches in diameter diameter from uh, real. Aurora, Nebraska, another wow. local, on June 22nd of 2003. Hmm. So it looks like uh, Nebraska and South Dakota, they're in line with the biggest hail. That's weird. You'd think Texas. I mean, Texas has these huge hailstones down there. I remember uh, I was an avid reader of the Guinness Book of World Records when I was growing up, and I owned them all. And back in the 80s, the largest hailstone uh, ever recorded Came from Coffeyville, Kansas. Oh wow! So that's pretty. That's pretty much in our backyard over there. Yeah. Of course, that was years and years ago in the fifties or sixties. But it did take a picture of it. 
So that record has been since been broken, but obviously, still, yeah, it can happen anywhere. What was it like heaviest in 1986, largest in uh, 2010, uh, the di- diameter in the largest circumference in 2003. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And the last fun fact we've got the greatest average hail precipitation is uh, not in our backyard. It's from Caracho. Sure. I think, I think it's Caracho, Kenya. Uh, they experience hailstorms on average 50 days annually. Uh, it says here, Carico is close to the equator, and the elevation is uh, 7,200 feet. That contributes to being a hot spot for hail. And uh, Carico reached the world record for 132 days of hail in one year. Wow. That's a third of the year. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> of just hail. Wow. That's amazing. If it was, maybe, maybe it's not real big hail, but... No, I don't. I don't think so. I just think that that this this one they were just saying it was yeah. hailing, right? And we got some really cool uh, information to tell you. Uh, the the way generally a hailstone is thought to form is you have an updraft in a thunderstorm, and the stronger the updraft, then number one, the higher the storm, and number two, uh, the, the 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 bigger the hail. And I found a chart that tells the size of hail and how much the updraft speed needs to be in order to support that hailstone. Very interesting. So what you got there? Well, pea-sized. You hear a lot of pea-sized hail. Mm-hmm. They also have BB-sized hail. I've never really called it BB-sized yeah, hail. I haven't either. But I guess BB and P are about the same size on this chart. A little, little BB, BB is a little smaller, but... Yeah. Um, ups, up. Updraft speed of pea-sized hail is uh, 24 miles per hour, so it's going up 24 miles an hour. Yeah, to sustain that, and, mm-hmm. and pea size is one quarter inch, is what this defines here. Now, there's there's some discrepancy on the next one. I mean, uh, they used to use marble-sized hail yeah. to mean a half-inch hailstone, but they don't they don't use that anymore. That's the one thing the National Weather Service says do not do is report a marble-sized hailstone to them. Because marbles are different size, and people interpret the size of marbles differently. Yeah, because when I was younger, I had I had a nice huge, you know, inch, inch and an inch and a quarter Absolutely. marble, and it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, so so don't say that. But but back then, uh, marble size hail was considered a half inch, and it would take an updraft speed of thirty five miles an hour vertical to sustain that. Mm-hmm. And then you have dime sized. I always thought marbles were bigger than dimes, but maybe not. Well, it depends on the marble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So seven-tenths of an inch is a dime. I need to get my dimes out and measure them. Yeah, really. 38 miles an hour up speed draft. So so we're getting a little higher in the atmosphere now. Yeah. Colder up there. And stronger. And yeah. just as stronger to sustain it. And next is penny, which is three-quarter inch, which I would think is about the same as the dimes. You know, seven, seven-tenths. Uh, and three quarters about the same thing. Anyway, it says 40 miles an hour is an updraft. Mm-hmm. Then you have nickel and quarter and half dollar, and they all go from nickel's 46 and half dollar goes up to 54. So, you know, the stronger that up updraft speed, the bigger the hill's getting. Half dollar is about an inch and a quarter. Yeah, now, so, now we're getting into severe territory. Oh, yeah. Damaging hail. Absolutely. Yeah. Golf ball, you've, we've heard golf ball a lot. That's a considered uh, inch and three quarters 
hail, you got to have updraft wind of 64 miles an hour. And that that golf ball will knock you out. It will. It'll it'll take your windshield out for sure. Oh yeah. And and wind yeah, your house and roofs. I mean, I think your your roofs start to get a little damage on mm-hmm. about that size too. A uh, tennis ball. Uh, I want to really hit the tennis ball size because that's what was reported the other day on T Highway. Ten, yep. Tennis ball size hail, two and a half inch in diameter hail, and you got to have an updraft of seventy seven miles an hour in order for that thing to sustain. So imagine that seventy. Seven miles an hour updraft, wind going upward into a thunderstorm that speed. That's faster than the speed limit on the, on the highway. And they don't bounce like, like real tennis balls. No, no. Oh, and Melissa, Melissa and Jason in, in uh, Forsyth, the next one up is baseball size hail, two and three quarters inches, 81 miles an hour as, uh, as an updraft. It would be neat to see, but I wouldn't want to deal with it later. No, I know. She sent us. She sent us a video too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's on our site. You need to go to go to Stormdark Weather and uh, peruse our uh, videos. You know that that's, that's something we should do on our YouTube channel too. Is upload visitors there. So mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> teacup, but we don't hear teacup very much. That's three inches. Grapefruit, we've heard that. That's four inch hay, four inches in diameter and ninety eight miles an hour. <laughs> Wow. wow, I can't imagine. And the, the last on this list is softball, which is four and a half inches in diameter. Got to have an updraft speed of 103 that's, miles an hour. That's deadly right there. I do not want to be outside. I don't, it, man, that's something you do not want to watch. I mean, you want to be away from the windows when that happens. I've never really heard the term teacup-sized hail is that something that a term that they would use in Great Britain? It's a tea, I think it's a teacup. So. It's a teacup. It's hailing teacups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this list. Uh, I mean, you know, as we said, marbles we don't use anymore. I I don't exactly know where this uh, when this list was issued. I bet and, I can find something better than a teacup to compare it to. I bet I can if I really tried. Uh, yeah. I well, or else I've never heard teacup. Maybe hail goes from two and three quarters right to four inches. Mm. You know, that's probably it. <laughs> And Maybe you know so. what? While I was researching, this was the cool thing. While I was researching uh, hail for the for the weather school, I found this amazing word, and I thought I've got to use this for the weather word of the week. So you want to know what it is? I do. I'm trying to read it. It sounds like something you would hear on uh, Star Trek or some alien movie. It does. It does. Okay, I got to play the jingle. Okay, hang on. It's the weather word of the week. There. Have to play the jingle. Sure. Why not? You know, <laughs> pay big money for that thing. Uh, yeah, a whole two or three cents, I think. I mean, <laughs> okay, you want to give it a shot? Or you? <laughs> uh, I can try. Okay. Uh, the weather word of the week. Mega cryometeor. Mega cryometeor. There you go. Yeah. Mega cryometeor. <laughs> a very large chunk of ice which is formed under unusual atmospheric conditions, which clearly differ from those from the cumulonimbus cloud scenario. They are sometimes called huge hailstones, but do not need to form under thunderstorm conditions. Now that's weird. I mean, you get a hailstone without the normal. You know, updraft, downdraft, I guess that's what they're trying to say. I, I just wonder how they are formed. I don't know. 
uh, yeah, I mean, just magically in the middle of a cloud, just boom, there boom. you get a, a mega. And, uh, the, the, of course, we all know the term mega means pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> cryo means frozen, and meteor means something flying. I thought cry was what would happen if you got hit with one. I think that's one thing. You would cry. Yes, that's one thing you would do if you if you <laughs> if you get smacked with one of these things. Mega cryo meteor. So I think I might uh, research that a little more because I want to know what uh, the definition says here. Uh, chunk of ice which is formed under unusual atmospheric conditions. So which would be yeah what? exactly maybe on top of a mountain maybe the freezing line. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, so if you got any more questions about hail, you know, let us know. And, uh, uh, looks like, uh, looks like we're going to be going into this dry period for this week. It looks like it. I hope it doesn't last. I love the rain. Oh, I do too. And, uh, but the warm temperatures, basically we had this high that was over the Southwest of us. And what that's doing is kind of putting us in a Northwest flow, which we had when we had all those cool days, Mm -hmm. and that's why we got cool now. Now the high is kind of moving this way, but it's kind of flattening out a little bit uh, and kind of moving to the West, and what that's going to do is allow another warm-up to happen. Of course. Of course. I mean, it's June. It is that time of year. 90 degrees. uh, But, I mean, we're not talking, like, stupid hot yet, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if we or equal chances. I hope we don't get much higher than that. the The forecasts I read uh, this morning, the only slight chance of rain that we may get will be next Saturday night, which is a whole week. Well, I'm ready for a good two to three incher rain come through. You know, I'm ready. We I mean, haven't had one of those in a while. I've been spending a lot of time in the pool, and it's hard to do that in the rain. But I'm ready for a good rain. Well, you can always watch it and then fill fill up right. your pool. How about that? It, it does do that. Does, does, does rain mess up? The, the pH in the pool and stuff? You or? have to, you're supposed to shock it after a big rain. Really? Yeah. So I, I, I've done that a couple of times. Well, you just get a television and yeah, throw, just it, throw in. it in. Yeah, shock it. Radio. Open. Yeah, you shock yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Basically the same thing. <laughs> okay, we better wrap this up. Uh, you got anything else? I don't. Okay, so here we go. Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Well, that does it for now, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>